you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, Fly Racing, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gephardt, but with me on the line, we've got the 1988 125 East Supercross champion. He's getting himself ready for Loretta Lynn's, uh, headed down to uh, a couple of amateur days this last weekend in Red Bud. Uh, Todd, can I get a Red Bud? Red Bud! <laughs> How's it going, brother? It's good. It's real good. Uh, I had a good weekend. It was it was warm. Track was actually really good. Uh, ran uh, Friday on the, well, I'd say we call it the three-quarter track, and then uh, uh, Sunday we ran the full pro track. So uh, the pro section was rough, and they had added some sand, and there was a lot of the big breaking uh, whoops going into the corners on the downhill. So it was, it was interesting. It was no definitely doubt. interesting. Uh, on a scale of one to uh, very sore, uh, how are you feeling uh, after, uh, after a long weekend like that? I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good. Um, good. My lower back is a little sore. And my hands, actually just my clutch hand is a little sore because I had some blisters and it's just, they're they're healed up, but they're still a little raw. But uh, but other than that, I mean, I didn't uh, I didn't crash much. Uh, I did make a mistake and run over my own foot in practice on on Sunday, so that kind of affected the way I rode. But uh, other than that, um, I'm in pretty decent shape. It could have been worse with my foot because it it is my fused foot, and uh, there's not a lot of movement there. But it uh, seems to be okay. It's kind of like a, just a Kind of like a, just a big peg leg thing. It isn't. There's not a lot of movement there, except in my toes. So, it's uh, it's, it's pretty solid, but still, it, it's a little sore. But I think we'll be okay. So, uh, for those who uh, aren't as um, uh, knowledgeable of, of how to ride a motorcycle uh, or to ride as fast as you do, how exactly do you ride over your own foot? Well, if, if you go into a deep corner. Uh, at Redbud, uh, on a couple of the, the pro sections, there is some super deep ruts. And if they if they watch the pro race, you could see the bikes basically almost being swallowed up in some of those corners. And um, if you're hitting them kind of aggressively, and if you somehow drop your foot a little bit, a little bit, and it gets kicked back, and uh, right underneath the motorcycle, and then out the back of the motorcycle, so it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just trying to hit things a little aggressive and. Uh, I kind of, we've kind of got this new gauge of how well you're cornering. On a Kawasaki, if you're cornering really well, you catch your boot on the shrouds and rip the shrouds in half where they mold together. If you're not cornering well, you know, you don't break your shroud. So that's how we gauge it now. So 
Perfect. Uh, it's nice of Kawasaki to provide you with a nice little seam like that to uh, give you a dead certain indication of whether or not you're, you're cornering properly. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, now you're on you're on Kawasaki's, uh, but you don't fly the green flag. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the graphic company that uh, you've got backing you, and some of the special things that they do aside from making your stuff look extra special on all the racetracks that uh, you compete on. Well, um, it kind of started off with a company Evo MX. Um, they're out of England, and uh, they're a company that do all the all the retro, uh, all the old graphics and for all the old motorcycles, um, all the way back to the early seventies, sixties, all the way to like nineties. Um, and they reproduce all the OEM graphics and some of the team graphics. And basically for me, I kind of caught on to this company looking for a reproduction of the Honda of Troy graphics. And, I'm restoring my 250 uh, work spike from then, and yeah. so they reproduced it for me, and um, and we got into some conversations of this and that, and worked out great where they're producing. They produced my Honda Troy graphics, and then now he was kind of questioning me on what I was going to do for for this whole racing thing that I'm doing now for for Loretta's, and they produced um, basically a white kind uh, of red, white, and blue uh, graphic with the Evo MX and Babbitt's uh, race team uh, on it and uh, all my other sponsors. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a long list of them. Uh, it's, you know, there's, there's Renthal and, and, and uh, Epic House and UFO and Fox and Dunlop and Scott and Yoshimura and Bell, Works Connection, Enzo and Pro Wheel. All these people, I mean, I'll tell you what, it. Today, the cost of racing from when I was doing it, I think it's doubled, and it's it's amazing to me that the people today can afford to race. It's, I mean, especially with the four strokes. It's it's, I mean, they're good motorcycles. They run great, but when they break, it's it's not. It's a catastrophic event. So. Yeah, it's not like uh, like I'm I'm a two stroke guy and two stroke for budget reasons. Um, when I break my motorcycle, I know exactly what's wrong and I know what the parts bill is going to look like. Uh, but as far as the four stroke, it's uh, a whole different ball game. Um, as far as getting ready for Loretta Lynn's, you're heading down to uh, Hurricane Mills, but you, sir, happen to have uh, someone, uh, one of your, your greatest competitors in your local scene uh, is the 2014 uh, champion of the class that you look to enter. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, racing with John Gruy. Yeah, we've had a rivalry. I want to say probably the majority of our life of, of racing motorcycles. I mean, we've... Uh, We've ridden together and raced against each other for probably, I'm 47, and I'd say probably 39 of the years that we've been alive, we've pretty much raced against each other nonstop. I mean, it's, you know, he didn't turn pro. I mean, he did turn pro, but he had a real, he had a real bad crash at Mount Morris that basically kind of ended his start and finish of his pro career. He, he was, uh, actually, I'm sorry, it's not Mount, yeah, it's High Point, yep. He uh, got the whole shot and proceeded to go through the zigzag section, and there's a drop away there, and they had watered the downside, and he ended up uh, front end washed out and had 38, 39 guys behind him that 
pretty much ran over him the majority of the of the time, and he ended up breaking his pelvis and ribs and punctured a lung, and it was yeah, it was ugly. And he pretty much at that point, it just decided that was it. And he's always been the fastest guy locally. He went to Loretta's. He's probably been to Loretta's for 25 years in a row and uh, knows that track inside and out. And he is exceptionally fast there. I, I don't, I don't know if he's ever finished much off the podium in any of the classes he's ever ridden there in the expert 125, 250, everything. He's always been right there. And he's won, I want to say, I don't even, I think four or five national championships there. And, he is super fast, and we had, uh, we have, and had had many a battles, and up until this past weekend, I, I was fortunate on Friday to go two one 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 against him, and then Sunday he went one 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 and one against me. So it's, it's going to be interesting down there. I mean, if we're both riding at our best levels, it's, uh, it's going to be a dogfight, and there's going to be a couple other other guys too. I know that. I've seen some uh, some results of the regionals, and I, uh, Pedro Gonzalez, who was on the split fire team, he's going to be in our class. Um, we got Dag Boysen, we have uh, Barry Karsten. Um, there's there, you know there's uh, James uh, McMillan. There's there's a bunch of guys, or Kurt McMillan, and then James McElvain. And then there's a bunch of guys that are fast that are going to be yeah. in that age group, and it's all ex ex pros and just having a good time. Guys who uh, their their best days are behind them, but you guys still know how to twist the throttle. Like uh, I, I I look at the lap times from some of the qualifiers, and uh, you and Guri are right in there with a lot of the the 250 B riders and and some of the, even some of the A riders. Uh, your your ta- times are right in there. Uh, you must have really been feeling it on Friday to uh, steal a couple of wins from them. Yeah, I was riding good, and you know he even said I, you know, I hadn't ridden that aggressive in a while, and I, I really gotta count that to I had my suspension done by Enzo um, in the last, in, you know, last week or so, and I've done some testing with it, and it's allowed me to have the confidence to push push the edge a little more because before it was a little unpredictable, and I couldn't get the setting right in the forks, and it seems like I was fighting the bike a lot, and now I feel real in, in the deep in the the really rough stuff. I feel very confident with the way the motorcycle is handling. It's it's become a lot better um, for me to ride it more on the edge when I know it's not going to eject back at me or, or do something strange. And when you know when it's real predictable, it's it's easy to try and push that envelope a little bit more because you know what it's going to do. Hundred percent. You always want to make sure uh, that you're totally aware of what your bike's doing. It allows you to uh, be just at one with the machine. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that right after these messages from Bill's Pipes, X Brand Goggles, Fly Racing. You name it. We'll be right back after these uh, commercials. Hey guys, this is Just One Helmet, Cheyenne Harmon. We are heading to commercial, and we'll be right back. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. 
and did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. 
and I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. And we're back. Um, Todd DeHoop on the line. We're talking to Loretta Lins, getting himself ready to go. First time back in how long there, Todd? Well, actually, this year will be 30 years. I won I won the championship uh, in 1985 in the 250 expert class, and so... It'll be 30 years. Uh, I, you know, I turned pro after that and went on to have some pretty decent success. And uh, so it'll be this will be about the 30th anniversary. So I'm, you know, I'm 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 positive. I can I can do very well. I have to have consistent starts. And uh, you know, if I can get good starts or good hole shots, I'm 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 good on the line. Um, if I can get good starts, I I, I believe or win or finish and definitely uh, on the podium every every race. And that's the key down there is just being very consistent. Yeah, exactly. It's having three great races, uh, three great motos. Um, how much of your preparation from this do you kind of look back on some of your preparation mentally for some of the uh, championships that you entered as uh, a legitimate title contender where you were coming in, having a game plan of how you're going to win, how you're going to put yourself in good positions to be successful? Well, I think the preparation, obviously, is the number one key. You know, with your preparation, make sure you ride a lot and you know, your training is at par. And, and your confidence, knowing that you, you've done what you had to do, and you, when you arrive down there, you feel on a high where you think, all right, I've done what I need to do, I've done the riding, my bike is is good. I feel confident in my ability. When you go out on the track, it's going to carry over. You get out there, you're going to be riding hard. You're going to feel strong, and and I think that will that will help. For me, I you know I go out and I can tell right away. Like when I go out and my attitude, and you know when I get down there, I think I will be confident because my attitude is good and I prepared. I've prepared the motorcycle and myself, and I think. When I get down there, the confidence will show, and I and I'll feel good about it. And I get on the track, and, and I carry that over. And it, you know, it's a mindset. And I know that John's going to feel confident. He's the uh, the reigning champion, and and he's in good shape. I know he's going to be tough. Um, and that's the big thing is if I can get away, and you know, get a good pace going, and have him have to chase me down. That's you know, that'll, that'll be the difference is just, you know, seeing if I can withstand that pace, you know, for as long, I know he can, and the guy's an animal, he's a hundred and, I mean, he's same height as me, 145 pounds, and he's ripped, and he, you know, he's in good shape, so, uh, you know, I'm 155, um, but I'm not as ripped as him, but 
you know, I have, <laughs> he's been doing this for a long time and consistent. So I've, I've not been doing it for, you know, six, seven, eight years where I haven't ridden hardly at all. So. Well, 30 years is a huge uh, gap of, of time going back to lower lens. Obviously, in that time, you had an extremely successful pro career. Uh, but like you said, a, a quite a bit of time away from racing uh, and just not taking it as seriously as long as John. Um, tell us a little bit about how you ended up coming kind of back into the fray a little bit and uh, who helped you uh, start to take it seriously again, find that love. And uh, it's all about that motocross family. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I have a best friend that I grew up with and, uh, you know, I was for, I was fortunate as I was growing up and, you know, as the times have changed, I don't know about now, but, you know, back when I was growing up, we had great, you know, Yamaha had a great support system as, as well as many other manufacturers. And we were getting four or five bikes a year for racing and practice. And at that time, uh, as a young kid, you, you're, going out and you're doing all the all the practicing and and riding but you don't have anyone to ride with so at the time i had a best friend that was very interested in riding but he didn't have a motorcycle and his parents weren't too cool on him having a motorcycle but i had five of them so i just said here's the motorcycle and now we'll go riding and so that made it really nice for me to have someone to ride with and also make sure that if something happened to me, you know, there was someone there that was, you know, by my side to make sure that someone can get in touch with the right people. And, you know, we rode together pretty much every day after school. And that went on for many, many years. And I had support rides all the way until I had a factory ride. And I always just helped, you know, provided a bike and let him ride what I had. And it, it made it, it made it pretty easy for the both, both of us. And, I mean, he's actually pretty fast. <laughs> he, he, uh, the funny thing is, is he, uh, we took him to a race one time and he rode the 125C class and he won by 35 seconds in both motos. And we kind of thought, well, maybe you're not a 125C rider. <laughs> so, but, uh, he, uh, he's, uh, basically we kind of got talking and we just decided about, uh, coming and doing some more racing and riding. And I am like, well, I don't want to buy a motorcycle. And he's like, well, you know, you provided motorcycles all my life and I'm in a position where I can afford to buy motorcycles. And, and, uh, so, so I'll get you a motorcycle and we'll start doing stuff. And that elevated into a few motorcycles. And now we have a full blown kind of race program going on where, uh, we have some bikes and Babbitts is helping us out and, it's it's a great deal. And he's full blown in and we're going to Loretta's and we're going to see how it goes. No doubt. Uh, would uh, stuff like this carry over to maybe uh, heading down to uh, Glen Helen for the uh, WUSA uh, World Vet Championships? You know, I the last time I, well, I, I haven't ridden that track in quite a while, but I, I went out there, I flew out there and rode a Hoosaberg out there at Four Stroke World Championship and won that um in 1992 i think it was uh on a hoosaberg <laughs> which was you know fast as i'll get out but not with a white power suspension wasn't the greatest at that time they've come a long ways from then but it uh at that point they were it was a little harder to ride than the standard uh cr500 or something like that but uh uh the track is gnarly it's uh I mean, watching on TV, it's it's definitely fun to, to ride with the big uphills and downhills. But no, I'd I'd, I'd definitely be interested in that. It's just uh, one of those things where the cost 
the cost effective thing of going out there. I've had a few people that I've talked to that have stuff I could ride. It's just, uh, one of those things of, you know, getting out there, having the amount of vacation time left after Loretta's and everything else to being able to do something like that is, you know, once again, you got to go to work every day. So, Speaking of uh, four strokes from a bygone era, um, I know the before four strokes took over the professional series, there was uh, four stroke nationals. Um, two questions, and they always say I shouldn't do this, but two questions regardless. Uh, did you ever race any of those four stroke nationals? And uh, could you ever see uh, some two stroke nationals start to come back uh, almost uh, a similar st- style of format uh, now that um, two strokes have kind of uh, etched out their own little niche uh, within the motocross market? Um, you know, the four stroke nationals, I, I mean, I did, I did a few stuff early and I was doing uh, some testing with the Yamaha 400 and 426 early in the day. And I, you know, I, I, they were really heavy. And at that point I was a two stroke guy and I, I did it because it was a thing that was kind of there in an opening and but it, it, you know, it was tough to ride those back then carbureted and it didn't start and it, you know, it was tough. Um, two stroke stuff, you know, I'm very optimistic and always want that, but in being realistic, I don't, I don't foresee it happening. I mean, I just, I wish it would, but I'm a two stroke guy through and through and I would rather ride a two stroke, but unfortunately the development where we're headed unless they can figure out a way to make a fuel injected two stroke that makes everybody happy. 2007, I don't think that 2017 Husky and KTM. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they can, if they can make it and it makes everyone happy and the development is, is good enough to get all the EPA and the other baloney off the back and they can make them run good. Uh, you know, they're lighter and they're a lot easier to work on and super cheap to maintain. So that's always been the case. And I, and I think that's why you see uh, such a spearhead of people going back to them because everyone has realized it's been a few years now that everyone's realized that it, the cost of riding four strokes is exceptionally high and the riding a two stroke is very minimal and you can ride a two stroke and rebuild it for, you know, two, 300 bucks where it costs you 2000 to do a four stroke. It's just, you know, it's the cost of development, but it, it hasn't gotten any cheaper. So it's, it's easier to go back to a two stroke and ride a two stroke. And for most cases, I mean, you look at Sean Collier on that 500. I mean, he's very competitive. I mean, he can ride that thing. He could ride it in a 450 national and be very close. I mean, oh, he's, yeah, for sure. he's a good, he's a good rider. And that bike I guarantee is, more than fast enough to compete with a 450. It's not faster. I mean, it's those bikes are fast. I rode one in, in the Nationals, and the, they were great bikes. And I think if they made the development to to make one that was, you know, competitive, I think it'd be faster than a 450. Oh, for sure. And uh, and as far as maintenance-wise goes, yeah, or like just putting a, a bike together. Uh, I know I've sent you a picture of my two bikes. I for for yeah. uh, on a on a budget of like mine where I'm. Uh, 26 years old, not quite into my full-on career just yet, but uh, I don't have the the kind of budget to put a one 250F together, but I got a 125 and 250 that are pretty tricks. So, like, 
that just tells me right off the hop that uh, like financially, just to do one four uh, four stroke, it's just uh, be too much. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's a shame, but you know, unfortunately, and when I go to the track now, it seems like it's it's a, de- a definitely a different level of competitors. Uh, you know, the people that are racing are people that it's it's more higher middle class because of the fact that you know the guys that are the you know the the I don't want to say lower class people but the people that are you know more tradesmen and stuff like that that have all their bills and everything else that goes on in their life mm-hmm. they can't go out and spend 8 9 10,000 dollars on a four stroke and then have it break and have to spend 2,000 dollars I I have I've known many cases of people that have bought these motorcycles and had something happen to them and then they sit in the corner in their garage and they're paying payments on a motorcycle for four years on something they can't ride because they can't afford to fix it. And it's a shame because, you know, if they would have just spent $2,000 or $1,500 on a two stroke, they'd be riding every day. And so it's kind of, I think it's hurt the sport, even though when I go to these events, like I went to Redbud this weekend, the place was packed and i'm like well maybe it's not hurting the sport because i mean it's just full all the way from as far as you can see but you know once again i think there there would be more people riding if if there was i think ktm and husky have a the reason that they're dominating so well is because they have a complete and full line of motorcycles to offer to everybody and whereas kawasaki honda yamaha suzuki it's so limited now. I mean, they they offer all the enduro bikes, all the cross-country bikes, all the bikes that, you know, every rider, a 302-stroke, I mean, is pretty much as good as it's going to get in the woods. And then you throw in this electric start at 350, I mean, you can't do much better for a normal average rider. But if you want to ride forever, a 302-stroke KTM or Husky, <laughs> that's, a no, that's a no-brainer. Hundred percent, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's like um, it seems like KTM just has it figured out. Like, make a bike for make a different bike for every possible application, and people will use it for every different possible application. And uh, yeah, and I think the the big thing with them is they're not their 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 jig design and everything else like the plastics. They're all you know a lot of that stuff's interchangeable for all those different bikes. It's just you know, the frame, everything, geometry, a lot of that stuff is, you know, interchangeable. And so they're, not, you know, they're cutting costs by making a lot of stuff the same and just changing displacement and putting different motors in, in different frames. Yeah. So I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it's smart business, but I think that a few of these other manufacturers need to catch on. It's, and I don't know, you know, the economy is, I, I believe it's trying to come back, but I think they look at it as, as you know, how much are we going to put into it? And I, I think it's a shame because, you know, the Austrian people <laughs> putting everything into it and now they're kicking everyone's butt. So, yeah, well, so uh, the, the Japanese manufacturer is going to have to do something because um, other than just recently, uh, Martin taking the points back lead uh, at the 250 class, up until then, uh, KTM or Husky was leading every significant um, points points lead in North America, including up here in Canada. Right. So uh, it just speaks volumes to um, the just the brand and, and, and what they're doing to progress the sport. It's good, good to see. Um 
get back, getting back to uh, your preparations for Loretta Lynn's, uh, when are you going to head down there? Who's all coming with you? And uh, um, I, I, I know we spoke about it last week. Uh, you got a press pretty special uh, thing going on with who's going to be holding your pit board for you. Yeah, um, you know my my wife and my and my two daughters are are coming down, and my also my parents, uh, my mom and dad, and the uh, it's a kind of a funny story. Is uh, my daughters, uh, they're fourteen and sixteen, and uh, neither one of them have ever uh, watched me race, or you know have they know about my racing career? They know all about it and what I did, but they've never actually watched me race. They have really full schedules. Uh, my daughter's basically on the verge of being a professional dancer. She travels all over. She's really, really good at that. And my oldest is all about scholastic and she's involved in many school uh, activities and she's uh, shooting for valedictorian. And so she's super busy with that. And so it's, uh, they just, they don't really have a lot of time in their schedule. And, uh, they also, we have a, a lake house up North that they spend a lot of time at and they don't like to take away time from the summer for any reason to go to a racetrack instead of going to the lake to do wakeboarding and other things. So, but, uh, on the other side, you know, my, my dad, he, um, he was a former pro and he was in the, in racing and he, obviously, you know, carted me all around the United States as I was growing up as an amateur, taking me to all these places and, you know, like Loretta's and my, my mom, which, you know, they were part of this, this whole thing before I turned pro and, and they'll be, they'll be coming down and it'll also be 30 years for my, for my dad. And he'll be, uh, he'll be pitting and uh, doing the board for me. And, uh, it should, it should be a lot of fun for us. The whole family going down and, and obviously we haven't been there in 30 years. I've been back, I think it was 2005. I went with a rider I was training and he rode B class there and, and, uh, I stayed with him. So, and I had, I was amazed on the development and how many changes have been made since then. And I'm sure there it's been 10 years since then. And I'm sure there's a bunch more since then. So, um, it's going to be interesting. And I think it'll be amazing for them to just see, the amount of money that's spent to do it. And also it'll be fun for them to, uh, you know, go around on the golf cart and meet bunches of people. And yeah, I gotta have to, I think I'll be more worried about my daughters than I will be about my motos just because, you know, they're 14 and 16. And I think you got probably what, I don't know, 4,000, uh, raging hormone boys between the ages of uh, 10 and you know 20 down there so <laughs> who are all hot shit wherever they came from and uh yeah, yeah. A, a world-class dancer uh thrown into the mix might be issues for you uh but hopefully you'll be able to focus on the track right exactly yeah i mean yeah my daughter's uh you know i'm i'm graced i was very lucky they're both uh very very pretty very beautiful uh they take after their mom and not me so i, I worked out there and uh so we will uh yeah i'm gonna have to i don't know if they allow shotguns in the in the park but maybe you have to post one right on the right in the front of the hood of the of the uh transporter so well, uh, if they do allow shotguns there, there's probably a good, uh, there's probably a high chance ability that uh, Loretta Lynn's will find a, a way to charge you for bringing it in because uh, word on the street is it's rather pricey to uh, to bring everything into the the uh, call it fairground. Yeah, it's uh, you know I believe that 
it is it is what it is. And if you look at the expense of anything, if you're going to take your family camping, let's say you take them camping for a week and a half, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you, I don't know, you know, if you go to a nice campground, it's going to cost you 1200 bucks, you know, with everything. And I, I guess it's, it's in the realm. And, you know, with your facility fee and your entry fee and your golf cart fee and your pit bike fee, and then I say you win the hookup, a lottery down there and that's another $175. Um, and then your extra car fee, if you're bringing an extra car down there, um, you're basically got a cool thousand dollars involved in, and that's just one class. So it's $95 a class. And you know, down there, pretty much everybody is riding two classes just because if you're going, you might as well be doing two classes if you can qualify. So I wasn't going to do that because for me, I mean, obviously I'm taking this as serious as I can, but it's also a family event and I'm down there to have a good time with my family. And, you know, I wanted to enjoy it and not be too pressured with having, you know, if I had a moto every day, if I just have a moto now and again, I'm a hundred percent in and I can enjoy the days I'm off and hang out with my family and, you know, see some races. And if we need to take off and go and do something else, you know, we're, we're open to do it. So. Well, right on, man. I'll uh, let you get back to work here, but I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to uh, do some bench racing and uh, and talk to us a little bit about you getting ready to head back to Lower Lens for the first time in 30 years. Um, and uh, yeah, just like thank you for, for coming on the show. Uh, if you want, you can uh, plug those sponsors one more time, then I'll let you get back to work. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm just uh, out pedaling the parts. I've been a heavy-duty truck part salesman now for, oh, geez, almost 20 years, and, uh, and I enjoy it. It's not uh, racing, but uh, it's a definitely a great It's a great career, and uh, they definitely take care of me, and uh, it's very stable. So, But, uh, yeah, once again, uh, Epic House Media, which is my buddy who owns uh, it's an advertising and a couple other companies, and uh, Babbitt's. Babbitts is doing a great job. Eddie Babbitts uh, definitely helps us out. Evo MX, Frank at Evo MX, definitely hooking me up on the graphics. Renthal's uh, keeping me straight with the bars, and UFO keeps me looking sweet with the plastic. Dunlops uh, got me the great traction. I've been getting a lot of hole shots running running those Dunlops, and uh, Fox makes me look good on the bike. Scott makes me uh, be able to see clear, and uh, got the Yoshimura pipe on there getting me uh, getting me some big horsepower. Bell helmets, that new Flex 9 is uh, keeping me safe. Got the Works Connection, Super Trick parts on there, all that anodized uh, parts that make it look good. And then Enzo keeping me from being upside down. And uh, that's, uh, I tell you what, with that uh, combination, it's hard to not finish at the top. And uh, looking forward to representing down there and hopefully putting a good name forth for all those uh, fine people that are helping me out. I I couldn't do it without them. And uh, looking forward to having a great time. So I appreciate you uh, having me on. Right on, man. I wish uh, the kids of today could do uh, po- uh, post-race interviews like that uh, to uh, include all the sponsors without just listing off names. Uh, that's the way to do it. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, I wish you could come down and uh, check it out. Uh, but if not, we'll have to hook up in the future. Do you uh, what? Do you go to any races in Canada, nationals, anything like that? Uh, I don't go to any of the Eastern Canadian Nationals, but I do plan to be at Millville. Uh, and uh, if if I won't be in uh, Lower Islands this year, but uh, it's circled on my date next year to uh, be down there. So uh, if you're making a so return... So Millville's uh, in two weeks? Millville's yes, not this weekend, but next weekend? Yes. Okay. 
All right. We'll have to see what happens. I'm I'm going to try to hit Sunset Ridge this weekend, but uh, if uh, if it's an open weekend, maybe I can shoot over there. So. Cool, man. Well, looking forward to meeting sometime. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate the interview. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.